good to see all of you today. Today we begin a four-week series on the core values of Dillon Community Church. And I'm delighted to announce that next week you'll receive a handout in your worship folder that the elders have led and are leading in of explaining and kind of unpacking each of these core values that we decided upon last August in my report after all the interviews and we took all the core values of the staff and the elders and the congregation and then we took the ones that were in common and there were five. And uh, we're going to preach through that series in these next four weeks. We'll be, ta- we'll be taking uh, one this week and one next week and then uh, the elders are going to be preaching on uh, March the 10th with their uh, the subject of unity. And uh, Bill Spear will be hitting cleanup on uh, March 17th. So this, uh, this looks to be a great series. I hope you'll, you'll cancel all your trips, all your appointments, and be here for every one of these. But to introduce our subject this morning on prayer, I, I just thought this little film clip might be fun. Let's, let's take a peek. It's, it's kind of from this little clip called Bruce Almighty. And he's trying to deal with being God. And now he has to answer all these prayers. Let's, let's peek in. Well, you took the job, Bruce, so I suggest you get to it. Seeing him smile would make me so happy. Prayers, prayers, okay, prayers. Uh, this creepy whisper thing has to Organization and management. That's what I need. I need a system, something concrete. Concentrate. Files. Let all prayers be organized into files. Well, it takes care of the voices. Not exactly a space saver, though. Grace might notice. I know. Prayer post-its! Okay, I need something with a lock. Security combination, password... You've got prayers. Welcome to the Revelation Superhighway. We bless, no mess. Downloading now. <laughs> this is going to take a while. prayer requests. I better manifest some coffee. Hola! One bel Buenos días. Buenos días. Disfruta un buen café. Gracias, señor. Adiós. Adiós. That's fresh mountain-grown coffee from the hills of Colombia. Okay, I had to make some kind of a dent. My 
now. Oh, come on! Oh. What a bunch of whiners. This is going to suck up my whole life. Yes, to all. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now everybody's happy. <laughs> well, I'm not sure that's the way God deals with our prayers, but it does get the point across. The best part about that clip I liked is when Juan Valdez showed up after and had instant coffee. I thought that was great. We're going to be talking about core values, and we want to deal with the issue of prayer. I have been touched by many pastors and speakers throughout my short career as a pastor, and uh, certainly I have some favorites. One of my favorite authors is a gentleman by the name of Max Lucado, and I loved his book on prayer. I'm going to borrow some of his thoughts today a little bit, so... But I thought that it was just an amazing kind of study, that this whole issue of prayer. And I often feel that sometimes, like, if you showed up an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, the way they introduce each other is by saying, Hi, my name is, and then I'm an alcoholic. But I've always had trouble with the word anonymous. I mean, if you're going to tell your name at the place, then that's not exactly anonymous, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, they, they have this, uh, this, this phrase, I'm so-and-so. Today I thought I might say, hi, my name is Gene, and I'm a mediocre prayer warrior. Maybe you feel the same way. I'm a marginal prayer warrior. Sometimes I get distracted. Sometimes I doze off. I mean, sometimes I actually think of other things when I'm praying. Do you? I looked outside one day during the summer and I started thinking about my golf swing. I don't know if there's ADD when it comes to prayer, but uh, I wonder if I have it sometimes. Max Locato said that oftentimes, on the other hand, there are people who are the other side of that coin who are just great prayer warriors. He says they belong to the Navy SEAL Team 6 organization of prayer warriors, they're the Marines. They're part of the PGA, the Prayer Giants Association, instead of the MPA, which is the Marginal Prayer Association. I don't think it's that we don't pray. I think all of us do pray. And we want to pray. In fact, I think that's really kind of the, the point of the whole message here today, is that oftentimes we do pray. We pray at a bedside when we have a friend that's sick. It's real easy to do that. We offer thanks when we see a beautiful sunset. Maybe there was a lot of prayers that were being said today when the fresh powder hit and people were ready to go skiing. I know we peek in a bedroom, don't we? And we see our little kids sleeping. And we take one last check before we go to bed. And we make sure they're okay and we pray. I know that when my three grandchildren come over, we always... Carol and I sneak down and we make sure they're sleeping and they're covered before we go to bed. And as I watch them sleep for just a second, my heart is really full. Can you, can you identify with that? We say grace together. And even at a restaurant on occasion. We pray at church. We did this morning, didn't we? And even some of you come from churches that are a little higher church quality in terms of high church type thing where you have a lot of liturgy and we do praying through the liturgy. 
It's very prevalent. There's something inside us that wants to pray. Lucado said in his book, he said that more people will pray today than will exercise. <laughs> more people will pray today than even make love. He said that he said that one in five atheists pray every day. <laughs> I can't explain that either. Uh, maybe they're hedging their bets. I don't know. But we all pray some. But I think a lot of us would like to pray more. And we'd like to pray with, I think, some consequence. We'd like to pray with more fire, more frenzy. We certainly like to pray with more faith and with more conviction. But there are problems when we pray, aren't there? There are problems that enter into the situation. First of all, we're very busy. I mean, there's diapers to change. There's clothes to iron. Now, there's uh, the whole idea of work, exercise. Even retirement's busy. It, it, it seems like I hear more from guys and gals who have retired that I'm busier now than when I was working. They've got a thing called the honeydew list that they've got to get through. And that's very true. The honeydew list is much like the burning, bo burning bush of Moses. Neither one of them get consumed. You know, just, it just keeps going on. But when we take out that calendar, and many of us have it on our iPhone today. I saw Mark giving the announcements on an iPhone today. There you go. We keep it like that. And yet it's like a tiger pouncing on a piece of meat. Is like our calendar that pounces on us. It keeps us from praying. I'd like to pray more, but I have to ask myself, why? Maybe I have to ask the question like, well, why would God want to hear from me? <laughs> I mean, I can't even get the cable company to call me back. <laughs> My doctor doesn't return phone calls. But God wants to hear from me. Then there might be the problem of unanswered prayers like, We've uh, kind of remind us in the clip where Bruce decided to answer all of them yes. I mean, I asked for strength, but I'm still tired. I asked for reconciliation with my spouse, but we got divorced anyway. I asked for healing, but the person died. I asked for a chance for, to witness, but I got shut out. I asked for the job, but they said no. I think maybe the unspoken hesitation about prayers that God could possibly be the ultimate heartbreaker. And for heaven's sakes, I don't want to get shorted again. There's a paradox in prayer. And if you are struggling with prayer this morning, if you say to yourself, I believe in prayer, but I don't maybe value it as high as some people do. For some people, it's a core value. They believe it, and they value it. For me, I believe it, but I don't value it as much. And I struggle with it. And for me, prayer is kind of like a preference. Well, you're in some pretty good company. <laughs> Biblically, there was a few other guys that struggled with prayer too. Their names? Paul, John, Peter, Ringo? No, not Ringo. Uh, just kidding on the Ringo part. These were, these were the disciples, the apostles. They struggled so hard one day that they came to Jesus. And in Luke chapter 11 and verse 1, 
They saw that once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of the guys, I guess, got elected team captain to come up and ask the question. All 12 didn't hit him at once. One guy comes up and he says to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. Which then leads me to the first point that I mentioned to you. We all pray some, but we'd like to pray the way Jesus did. Not just more, we really want to pray the way Jesus did. Lord, teach us to pray. He didn't say, teach us to keep spellbound. Or I should say, He didn't say to the Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, could you teach us how to give a sermon that would be a real spellbinder and we could keep people just with their mouths open? He didn't say, Jesus, could you teach us how to vacate a cemetery? He didn't say, Jesus, could you teach us how to walk on water? Nobody asked that. Jesus did ask Peter to get out of the boat, but Peter didn't ask to walk on water. This is the only tutorial that the disciples asked for in all of Scripture. Why? They wanted to pray. Lord, teach us not only to pray, but teach us Your way. Maybe it had to do something with the promises. In John 15, 7, it says, If you remain in Me and follow My teachings, you can ask anything you want, and it will be given unto you. Remain in Me, says one version, and My words remain in you. If you remain in Me, that means for you to abide. We've talked a lot about that, about being in Christ. And then My words remain in you. They control you, and they cleanse you. I remember in, the, in the, the University of Colorado when I was on the Campus Crusade staff there, a young lady, a beautiful young lady, came to Christ one night on a Friday night at College Life. Found out later that this young lady had been a Playboy bunny. In her testimonial and confession, she, slept, she said she slept with over a thousand men. And she was damaged good, she felt. She got a hold of Scripture memory. God bless the navigators for the memory system they employ. She began to memorize Scripture. You know what God did? His words began to clean her, to cleanse her. It cleaned the computer out. She couldn't remember the dates, names, or places of anything anymore. God's words can cleanse you. If you remain in me and my words cleanse you and control you, ask whatever you want. Then God says, go ahead and ask whatever you want. And so maybe the promises were tremendous, but you don't got to think about it for a moment. That's really extrinsic kind of motivation for praying. It's for me to get something. I mean, we're right now with my five-year-old grandson, Sammy. He, he understands extrinsic motivation. Sammy, if you will just treat your sister nicely, and that means no teeing off with your fists with Anna, no pinching, no shoving. you got to share the toys. Then we can have a treat at 5 o'clock. And Sammy goes, I'm in. And he begins to treat Anna nice. And he does everything else. We understand extrinsic kinds of motivation. I mean, there are certain payoffs today for us. You get this deal, and you get a commission that is going to be a whopping commission. We are motivated 
And sometimes when the selling part comes out on us, it brings out all the bad stuff in our life. It isn't always the good stuff. But let's at least put it on the table. Maybe it has to do with the fact that the heart of God and that the heart of prayer is a core value that God is looking for in our life, and it shouldn't be based just on the extrinsic reasons only. I mean, think about it. If God were saying to you, ask and it shall be given unto you in Matthew 7, 7. It's like getting a divine credit card here. Never said, work and it will be given unto you. Organize a committee and it will be given unto you. He just said he attached it to prayer. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, and you follow my teachings, ask whatever you wish. I think the disciples were anxious to pray. But not only the promises of Jesus, the commands of Jesus. I think this is interesting. In Matthew 9.38 it says, Pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask Him to send more workers into the field. doesn't say organize and come up with a solution. Get together. No, He said just pray. doesn't say you have to be a special person. He's giving this, this whole command just to struggling people just like you and me. And we might say to God, well, what do I have to pray for? Can't you do this yourself? I mean, these were not any special people that he gave this command to. They were fishermen with calloused hands, bad breath, tax collectors, guys you'd meet in the convenience store, gassing up the pickup, guys who root for the Broncos and paint themselves up on Sunday. He even gave this command to Raider fans. Unthinkable, but he did. Kind of guy gives him again the divine credit card. Ask whatever you want. Amazing text. Matthew 18, 19, it says, When two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. Now, I recognize that this particular text, and we've got to be careful when we, we use this verse, because a lot of people say, whenever two or three are gathered, their God is in the midst. That is not a verse for church. Remember that this is in the context of church discipline here. But the point and the principle is the same, that whenever you're about the work of Jesus, even in the issue of church discipline, and Jesus says, if you agree together, it's as if I showed up in that meeting. <laughs> William Barclay put it this way, the reason to pray is because Jesus prayed. What a great reason. <laughs> but maybe finally, it's not just only the promises and the commands, but perhaps it's the example of Jesus. In Matthew 1, or Mark, Mark 1.35, he says, He went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Here he is. Hebrews says he's the exact representation of God. He's the author of life. He's the Savior of the world. He's the person who died for you and me on Calvary's cross. And he goes out to pray. Definitely a core value for Jesus. He prayed for the sick. He prayed for his friends. He prayed for the downhearted. He prayed, for, he prayed before he slept. He prayed before he ate. He prayed in the garden. He prayed on a path. He prayed in a cemetery. I don't think there was a place he didn't, didn't play, pray. He prayed out in the open. But I'll tell you what, Jesus prayed. And the disciples asked this. They always were asking for Jesus. 
You know, they got up after a great sleep. Probably got a little bit of that coffee that we saw in the clip. Where's Jesus? And the answer was what? He's out praying. Not texting. Not checking email. Not even exercising. He's praying. For Jesus, it wasn't extrinsic. It was totally intrinsic. In John chapter 5, it's an interesting text. And in Locato's book, he points this out. He says, John the Baptist had just gotten beheaded. That was Jesus' cousin. And so Jesus and the disciples take off. But at this point, thousands are following him. And they wind up on the hillside. And instead of Jesus getting a chance to process the grief, or the disciples having a chance to process the grief of John the Baptist, these people want to be taught. And so Jesus takes the time and teaches them while they're on the hillside. We know that this is the Sermon on the Mount. And then they run out of food, and Jesus performs a miracle and feeds the 5,000. Then after an exhausting day, he's just lost his cousin. He, instead of grieving, he goes and teaches the people. And then he feeds them. And if anybody needed a break, it would have been Jesus. But he sends his disciples on ahead on the boat. And he does what? In Matthew 6.46, it says, He went up into the hills to pray by himself. There he goes again. The disciples say, We're out in the boat. Peter whips out the iPhone, checks the weather channel, and says, boys, we could be in for a nor'easter here. The wind's kicking up. Sure enough, the wind hits. The waves get high. And in Matthew 14, in the synoptics, in verse 24, it says, Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from land, for a strong wind had arisen, and they were fighting heavy waves. And about three in the morning, here comes Jesus walking towards them on the water. Now, he had just gone through 48 hours of pretty taxing thing. And instead of sleeping, instead of taking some R&R, he was up in the hills praying. And here he comes, and he's walking down from the hills, and he just keeps walking right down the hills, right on the water, right to the boat. Energized, invigorated, and ready to go. I sat last Saturday with my grandson, Sam, and we were watching a cartoon. I know. Grandkids, cartoon. Saturday morning, it's the way it is. And we're watching some kind of superhero cartoon movie or whatever. Frankly, I was really getting into it. That's what scared me. And it, it was kind of one of these transformer things where a car turns into a robot or something of that nature. And, and I, it, it kind of reminded me of this particular thing of Jesus just coming down from the mountain invigorated and He doesn't even stop to take a breath. He just keeps going right out on the water. Prayer will do that to you, you know. Prayer will do that. But Jesus is smart. He knows that the disciples want to pray, but He doesn't want them just to pray for the extrinsic reasons. He wants them to do it for the intrinsic reasons. He wants to see that the real issue in prayer must be the very core value of their life. Not just something you believe in, but something you highly value. And the disciples 
are beginning to get the picture and they're saying, man, I want to pray like that. When you go into God's presence like that, Jesus, and you come out of that and you're just kind of, you're just really invigorated. Would you teach us to pray like that? Would you shape me, empower me? Well, I know that's what you want. It's what I want too. I want to know that when I come into God's presence that I can come and be filled. I want to sing with that songwriter, fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting in my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill me up. Fill it up and make me whole. You want to talk to God? You want a communion with your Maker? Let me tell you something. You're made to pray. I said earlier that even one out of five atheists, according to Locato's research, pray. Nobody can explain it, but I can. I think Scripture can. We were made to pray. And if we don't believe in God, we just invent God so we can believe in something. We're highly religious. You know why? Because God has put heaven in our heart. He's put eternity in our hearts. Other forces will keep us off. Satan himself is after us. Oh, man, the pastors and the messages and the books are just a glut of literature if you walk into a Bible bookstore on how Satan just loves to attack us in our prayer life. 2 Corinthians 10.4, it says, Our weapons have power from God that can destroy the enemy's strong places. In the King James, it says, For the pulling down of fortresses and the casting down of imaginations. I love that. Sometimes we go to our fortresses where we think we're safe. Prayer can pull it down. Sometimes we begin to imagine things. We have so much lie-based pain in our life that we start thinking about things when they're not even true, but we think they're going to happen. And prayer can pull those down. It can cast those things down. Prayer can invigorate. Prayer can cleanse. Prayer can heal. It should be at the core value of our hearts. And the elders are saying to you, this is a church where we believe that prayer is a core value. It's not an activity. It's something who we are. And here's the good news. God will help you get it right. Sometimes that's why prayer is a dialogue. It's a conversation. Sometimes we come to God with the wrong prayer request, but through prayer, God gets, He kind of edits it for us. <laughs> And gets it right. Every desire that you have to pray, God has a lot more. In fact, in Revelation 3.20 it says, Here I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and eat with you and you can eat with me. You know, we only use this verse in terms of salvation, but notice that last part. I will come in and fellowship with you is what he's saying. I'll come in and eat with you. I'll come in and drink with you. We all qualify as anyone. In fact, Lucado says in his book, he says, prayer is the hand of faith on the door knob of your heart. God honors the most meager of gestures. He's not asking you to get your act right. He's just saying, would you open the door? And if you do, I'll come in. And I'll be your drinking buddy. <laughs> Is that too tough on church day to say that? 
Everybody needs a drinking buddy. I don't know what you drink, but you don't have to always drink something that's un unhealthy for you. But I like that phrase. Everybody needs a drinking buddy. You come in, Lord, and we're going to eat a little bit. We're going to drink a little bit. That's prayer, gang. That's what prayer is. It's fellowship with God. It's letting God invigorate you. It's like God helping you to get your prayer life right, even the request right. He's not coming in to slap you up a bit and say, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I'm coming in and slapping him up. I'm coming in to shame him. No, I'm coming in and we're going to drink a little wine, we're going to eat a little food, and we're going to have some strong fellowship. And when you leave, you will leave invigorated. I like that. It's a time of connection. Now, if you listen carefully in the sermon this morning, I said to myself, or I said to you, that I'm a recovering, mediocre prayer warrior. You know, lately, my time of prayer has turned from a time of duty to a time of delight. I, I'm, I'm invigorated. Some of you say, Eugene, you have a lot of energy. No one's ever asked me since I've been in this church for eight months where that energy comes from. You haven't done that. It's, I'm not putting you down for it. I'm just saying nobody's ever done that. Some of you assume, well, it's just part of his genes, I guess. He got lucky. He was lucky. He's just born with a lot of energy. Oh, then you don't know me. I am a King CP. Couch potato. I can be lazy. But I'll tell you what, when you meet with the Lord God, you come away invigorated. I'm moving this direction. I'll let you know when I get beyond marginal. Maybe some of you can identify. Maybe some of you are sitting out there and you're already part of the Marines. You're part of the SEAL Team 6 Prayer Warriors. You've got it. God bless you. Keep it up. Some of us are still catching up and making it more than just a duty, but a delight. And you will discover that prayer will help you discover. Prayer will help you heal. Prayer will envision you. Prayer will excite you. I am getting older. In fact, I am old. <laughs> but this energy inspires me. It guides me. It fulfills my life. When they asked Jesus teach us to pray, He gave them a prayer. Lucado has a prayer that I thought was pretty good. He said this. He said, he said all the prayers could be summed up into this. I like this. I thought it was great. He said, Lord, You're good. I need help. So do others. Amen. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. In this hurting world, I think our core values have to include prayer. Start with 10 minutes. Just start with 10 minutes praying. That's as long as it takes to eat a bowl of cereal.
You can start there. And I will make you a promise. I might not be here to see it with you because we're getting closer to finding a senior pastor. But I'll make you a promise that if a core value of this church is prayer and people live within the reality of this, there is no limit to what God can do in Summit County. Let's pray. Thanks for this morning, Lord. Thank you for your grace and your love in our lives. May prayer be more than just a word. May it be a core value in every one of our lives. Amen and amen. We have something really special this morning. We have a number of people who are joining Dillon Community Church. They've gone through the entire system of checks and balances to come, and some of them are here this morning, and some of them will be at the second service. But for those of you who are joining... Uh, we'd like you to step forward, and we'd like you to make one line across the front here. If you'd come at this time, that would be great. So all of you who are coming as members, come this morning, would you please? And uh, we have a... Uh, isn't it wonderful to see the worship pastors coming up here today, too? That's good, too. All right. <laughs> That's great. And uh, uh, Mark, you have a microphone there. And and I'm going to ask you just to make one line across here, Okay. One line across, if you would. And Mark, if you would have everybody kind of go down and, and maybe they could pass the mic or you can hold the mic. And would you just introduce yourself? Just say your name there. That'd be great. We'd like to get a chance to meet you, okay? Go ahead. I'm Jeanette Hansen. My husband couldn't be here this morning. Okay. Missy Hankins. Pete Cole the Jelly, my beloved wife, Karen. <laughs> Linda Rothwell. Greg Groves and my boss. Lynn. <laughs> not really. Not really. Bella Butler. Maggie Butler. Bruce Butler. Chris Moulton. I'm Robert Schmidt. Darla Schmidt. Leo Walsh. Ron Walsh. Let's give them a big welcome, shall we? God bless you. Mark is handing out a certificate that says uh, this really happened, and we hope that you'll display it somewhere where it's, uh, where it's visible. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We are so thrilled to have you just for a moment. I wonder if I could just have you turn towards, towards me just for a moment. Give me a, just a, a quick look at your eyes just for a second. God bless you. For, for joining this church. You know, we believe that membership means something. Today, a lot of times people say, why do we have to join something? Why do we have to belong to something? Well, there are certain advantages. I mean, you get to vote at meetings and business meetings and all of that and so forth like this. But what the people in the New Testament said, that when they joined, when they committed themselves, they were committing themselves to a vision, an opportunity to reach together and say, we mean business. And Dillon Community Church just believes in being the way Jesus wanted us to be, to be gung-ho about this thing. We just take that real seriously. And we're so glad that you've jumped in with us. And I want to invite a few of the elders to come up here this morning and to kind of surround them right now. We're going to pray for them and just dedicate your lives to Jesus Christ in this church. Okay, you can turn around there. And elders, if you'd come this morning, those of you that are here, and uh, I'm going to pray, and would you just kind of put your hands on them this morning? Mark, jump in here with us. And uh, we'll just have a chance just to pray over these dear people. And would you bow with us? And I, I, maybe this is a little bit schmaltzy, but indulge me. If you'd just like to reach your hand forward as if you're touching them as well, pray for them as well, would you, this morning? Let's pray. Lord, 
We are so thankful. This is your fruitful harvest this morning. This is your rich reward to this church. We're so thankful for these folks and for their heart and for their desire to jump in and not just attend, not just sit around at the fringes, but get into the battle with us, into the very heart of this. We're so thankful for that. I know that they've had all the, the classes and everything else of what it means to be a member here. But I'm so thankful that they are just not out there kind of hanging around the fringes, but right at the heart of all of this. And we dedicate their lives to you, and we promise as a congregation to support them and enable them. Thank you now for them, and may this, may this, may this friendship and relationship be one of the highest qualities. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's stand with them right now, shall we? And, re- and receive the benediction. Lord Jesus, dismiss us now with your blessing. Thank you for your grace and the privilege of walking with you in your vision. Dismiss us now with your blessing and give us a strong week. And may you beginning to work the message of prayer into our life to be at the very core of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a strong week.